This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 236. So today is Sunday, March 27th, 2022. And as usual, I'm covering the weekly news and rumors roundup from the big four rumor sites of Canon rumors, Nikon rumors, Fuji rumors, and Sony Alpha rumors. So let's head on over to Canon rumors and see what they have for us this week. First up, Canon attempts new Super Tele patents. Several new catadioptric designs, commonly referred to as mirror lenses, appeared in a patent application to Japanese authorities, including a 1200mm f8 and an 800mm f5.6. First called out in a post on an image on a sensor, the embodiments show typical mirror lens construction, but with a larger than typical number of lens groups and elements extending from the mirror optical tube back towards the sensor. This may imply a much higher level of aberration correction than is normal in this type of lens. Most catadioptric lenses built for cameras are attempts to get a large focal length as cheaply as possible, and the catadioptric design allows for more light gathering with less glass. And they typically has, have less length, too. Because the mirror design causes the light to double back on itself a couple of times, these lenses are shorter than other types of designs. The 800mm f5.6 embodiment of this new patent application, for example, has a lens length of only 13 inches. Lenses typically add a little bit of length in actual production, but this 800mm lens would likely appear as an extremely wide lens about the length of the old 70-200-2.8 with perhaps an inch or two added. Canon had a range of mirror lenses previously, which you can find at this link in this article in the show notes for yourself. More cheaper CF Express cards for high-end Canon bodies. In the past few weeks, there have been a bunch of new CF Express card launches. We are fortunate to have most of the company sending us samples to perform tests. Expect some results starting this coming week. What we can already report is that the average price of cards is coming down. Where you had to buy, uh, had to buy a two terabyte card previously to get pricing near 0.2 or 25 cents per gigabyte, several brands have been reducing the cost of their 512 gigabyte and even smaller cards to pricing approaching a uh, price is approaching 30 cents per gigabit. Just today, Canon PriceWatch pointed to a pro-grade deal among those, along those lines, although they did this with their gold line of cards, which are slower than most brands. Pergear released a whole suite of cards last week as well, with similar pricing and with claimed speed statistics close to the pro-grade gold models. Acer Storage did this as well. A set of those cards are on the way here for real-world testing. Angelbird dropped a new firmware upgrade last week. The latest version, 2.12, fixes some unspecified issues for the AV Pro and AV Pro XT models, as well as providing better compatibility for some older Nikon models that receive firmware upgrades of their own 
that allowed the use of CF Express cards, the Z6, 7, D5, D6, D500, and the D850. The Angelbird update also applies to the Mark II versions of their CF Express cards to be released tomorrow. Angelbird was the first of the manufacturers to allow for user upgradable firmware incorporating the function in their CF Express card readers. An early set of copies of the Angelbird Mark II cards arrived this afternoon from Austria, so those will be added to the performance tests to be conducted. Also added to the pile of cards to be tested is a homebrew solution employing a Syntec casing and controller paired with a Kixami M22230 PCIe NVMe SSD drive and a disgusting amount of silicon heat paste. A DIY project involving $95 in parts for a 512 gigabyte card that, for the last two weeks at least, has operated within 3% of the fastest tested cards. The last comprehensive review of all the available CF Express cards over on Caminastic.com was conducted on relatively early R5 and R6 firmware. In the years since, several CF Express specific firmware issues have been addressed, so the update will require retesting the older models as well. So some interesting news there in the world of CF Express memory cards. C70 firmware update adds 4K and 1080p cinema raw light recording. Canon has announced a firmware update to the C70 to provide cinema raw light internal recording for 4K and 1080p video. Also, according to CIN-D, you can record in both Cinema Raw LT up to 4K 60p, ST up to 4K 30p modes, and also HQ mode, but up to 2K in an S16 crop. You can download the firmware update here at Canon Europe and Canon USA at the links in this article in the show notes. Firmware version 1.0.3.1 incorporates the following fixes and enhancements. One, add support for Cinema Raw Light recording modes, resolution 4096 by 2160, 2048 by 1080, bit depth with 12-bit. One uh, subcategory one, frame rate 59.94p, 50.00p, 29.97p, 2398p, 25p, and 24p. Two, adds frame recording modes. Three, adds interval recording modes. So some interesting updates there. That'll come in handy for those of you that are shooting with a C70. Canon patent application for drone camera gimbal. As discovered by Canon News, while this is hardly new technology that will shock the industry, it's intriguing that Canon spent what seems to be a considerable amount of time drafting a patent application on a drone, or as they also say, any moving vehicle consumer-grade gimbal. Canon has applied for patents in this space before, as we have mentioned here not so long ago, and they continue to apply for patents in this area. While Canon has developed industrial drones before, these patents are certainly discussing a more consumer variant than we have seen Canon do in the past. Of course, Canon patents many different ideas and concepts that never come to fruition. It is interesting to see what Canon is actively researching as patent applications such as this require a fair amount of engineering to be performed prior to the patent being created. The concept is to create a very small apparatus that pans and tilts a camera integrated into the assembly, but the assembly should also work with external attached cameras as well, even though Canon doesn't actually show the mechanical assembly of such a device. 
According to the patent application literature, quote, in particular, in order to finally control the rotation and the tilt direction, it is necessary to greatly reduce the rotation of the motor so that a plurality of pulleys and timing belts are required and the tilt drive mechanism becomes large. As a result, the image pickup device consisting of the camera and the rotation drive mechanism also becomes large, and the degree of freedom of mounting on the handlebar of the drone or bicycle may be reduced. And in particular, the weight of the image pickup device may exceed the maximum load capacity in the drone. End quote. An object of the present invention is to provide an electronic device, an image pickup device, and a mobile body that can be miniaturized. So it looks like Canon is still doing some research into drone gimbal technology. Next up, Canon releases new lacquerware lens hoods. At least no chips were used up in Canon's most recent product release, lacquerware lens hoods. Instead, they're designed to hold chips. The Canon Japan swag is priced around the same price as Canon's actual lens hood, hood, hoods, which says something about the markup on molded plastic. Only a few dozen pieces were created, and some were still available yesterday, according to the new.mynavi.jp from the Canon Japan site. Searching the Japanese online store this morning, however, seems to indicate they are all sold out. They weren't designed to actually latch onto their respective lenses, but rather to set on a flat on a table. The hoods, when available, were priced between $40 and $145 U.S. dollars. Kind of pricey for lens hood uh, chip and snack bowls, I guess you could say, if you ask me. A little bit pricey for that. You could get a better deal at the dollar store, I'm sure, or on Amazon. And last up for Canon rumors for this week, Canon registers SIN camera in Indonesia. Indonesian regulatory authorities saw Canon register what it called a digital cinema camera with the model number ID0157. While this could be the Indonesian introduction of the R5C, Canon typically is consistent across countries with its product ID numbers, and the ID0157 appears to be novel. This comes a few weeks after rumors of a Cinema EOS C5 surfaced, which would be a cross between the recently released R5C and something with the form factor of the EOS C70. Canon also had some recent patent applications published that provided more of a box camera design as pictured above, and they're talking about the cover image for this article. And as always, you can find all of these articles in the show notes for today's episode and check them out for yourself. Now we're going to head on over to Nikon Rumors and see what they have for us. The latest U.S. Nikon Z9 pre-order slash shipment update. Several readers in the U.S. just received their Nikon Z9 cameras from Adorama. The currently shipped orders were placed on the day of the announcement, which was October 28, 2021. Almost five months since the Z9 is available to purchase, Nikon is still fulfilling orders placed on the first day. Quote, hi, just wanted to let you know I ordered my Z9 on 10-28-21 at around 6 p.m. and received it yesterday, 3-17-22 from Adorama. Quote, I just received my Z9 on 3-17-22, ordered on October 28th at 5 p.m. Thought you might want to let others know mine came from Adorama. 
So definitely interesting. And uh, of course, as usual, it's not shocking that there's delays in uh, fulfillment of these orders because they had an overwhelming number of pre-orders and due to the logistics and semiconductor shortage issues globally right now. But it is good to see that more people that place their order on the first day of pre-orders are receiving their cameras finally. So that's great for everybody, at least that ordered anyways. The Nikon Nikkor Z800 F63 VR PFS lens will be officially announced on April 4th. I already reported that the next new product from Nikon will be the Nikkor Z800mm f6.3 VR PFS lens. The official announcement is expected on or around April 4th. I was told that the price will be significantly lower than the than initially anticipated because the new 800mm will be a PF lens. So it looks like uh, it's going to be a little bit less expensive than originally thought. Question is, will it be less expensive than the new Canon RF 800mm 5.6, which is priced at $17,000. So I guess we'll have to wait and see until it's officially announced to find out exactly how much the Nikon 800mm Z lens will go for. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is the Canon has a little bit wider aperture at 5.6 versus 6.3. So... You get a little bit more there too for the money, but still, seventeen grand for a lens is a lot of cabbage. Nikon ZFC camera sensor measurements released at Photons to Photos. Photons to Photos published their Nikon ZFC sensor measurements. Here are a few comparisons with other Nikon cameras. Click for a larger view. The Nikon ZFC is now in stock at B&H and Adorama. Uh, Since these are just charts, I'll let you go ahead and pull up this article in the show notes and look at the chart for yourself rather than trying to tell you what the chart is showing. It'd be easier to just go and check it out for yourself since it's more of a visual aid. Venus Optics is rumored to announce a new Lawa FFS 20mm F4C Dreamer shift lens for Nikon next week. Next week, Venix Optics is uh, rumored to announce the new Laowa FFS 20mm F4C Dreamer shift lens for Nikon cameras. Previous coverage of the lens can be found at the accompanying link. Uh, it is an interesting looking lens, um, and it will be intriguing. I have a feeling it's going to be probably pretty popular. Now, Venus Optics already has the Lyowa 15mm F450D shift lens that is already available for both Nikon Z and F mounts at both Adorama and B&H. The new Voigtlander Nocton D 35mm F1.2 lens for Nikon Z mount will be released on April 6th. Cosina Japan announced that the new Voigtlander Nocton D35 f1.2 lens for Z-mount will be released April 6th. You can check for pre-orders at B&H Photo and Adorama. Back in February, Cosina also announced three additional Voigtlander lenses for the Nikon Z-mount, the 50mm f2, the 35 f2, and the 23 f1.2. So it looks like they're going to have quite a few of these lenses on the market before too long. So that ought to make a lot of Nikon shooters very excited. It's always good to have a selection of lenses from different manufacturers that you can try out with your camera body. You know, if it's a focal length that you'd like to have, but it's not one you use a lot, hey, why not go with a third-party maker and get a less expensive model uh, that's still fairly good, especially if you get one that's all manual. They can be really inexpensive, and a lot of times they're very good quality as well. Maybe not as good as the, the ones from Nikon themselves, but still not bad, especially when you're only 
paying a couple hundred dollars sometimes, or even three or $400 for these third-party lenses and those focal lengths that you only use once in a while. Definitely a lot better than spending thousands on a lens you only use once in a while. Knock on Z9, making sense of menus, free online event, March 31st. Service Photo is offering a free online event called Nikon Z Making Sense of Menus on the 31st of March, which is Thursday. Uh, this is an in-depth look at many of the menus of the Z9 pre uh, presented by NPS or Nikon Professional Services. Here is their official announcement. Quote, the Z9 is here and in many of your hands. By now, you've had some time with the new flagship. This means that by now, you might be wondering how to readily unlock the full potential of your new camera. The secret is in the menu system, menu settings, menu shortcuts, button customizations, and how to use the menu banks. Nikon Z9 offers new tools and new possibilities to be creative. In order to get the maximum benefit from our Z9, you first have to learn what it can do. Service Photo is your source for all things Z9. Log in and join NPS market rep Molly Riley as she guides you through some of the cool hidden menu options and settings for the newest Nikon flagship. So definitely some exciting news for those of you who are just now receiving your Nikon Z9s. Why not attend that free webinar? And last up from Nikon rumors for this week, the current shipping date for new Nikon Z9 orders in Japan is January 2023. A quick update on my previous post from December on the Nikon Z9 waiting time in Japan. If you place your order today on Yodobashi, your Z9 is expected to ship in January of 2023. In U.S., the recently fulfilled Z9 orders are placed on October 28, the day of the announcement. So, <laughs> Looks like the four folks in Japan are going to be waiting a while longer to get their Nikon Z9s. That's got to be a serious bummer. All right, now I'm going to take a short break, and then we'll head on over to Fuji Rumors and Sony Alpha Rumors to wrap up today's episode. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag. Hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. Fujifilm X-T4 dynamic range data versus X-T3 and X-Pro3. Photons to Photos has published its Fujifilm X-T4 dynamic range measurement data. The Fujifilm X-T4 basically performs identical to the X-T3. The Fujifilm X-Pro3 seems to be superior, but as Bill Claff from PTR explains to us, quote, the X-Pro3 appears to have improved PDR, but it is an illusion. It's well known that Fuji implements the ISO setting in an unusual way. In this case, they have given ISO 30, uh, 320 to ISO 12800 in addition to one-stop boost. Fuji uses a proprietary EXIF tag called raw exposure bias to indicate how much they have shifted the raw data from standard. 
Just in, a, in Excel for raw exposure bias, we see that the X-Pro3 and the X-T3 are essentially identical. They shift to dual co conversion gain at a slightly different point. And you can access the full chart for yourself with the link in this article in the show notes. Fujifilm to increase prices by 20 to 60% on film starting April 1st. Fujifilm is going to increase prices by 20 to 60% on its film products starting April 1st, as reported by Print Kobu0209 on Twitter. The currently available Fujifilm film stock is the Fujicolor Superior Premium 400, Fujicolor 100, Pro 400H, Pro 160NS, Velvia 50, Provia 100F, Velvia 100F, Velvia 100, Neopan 100, Acros 2. The press release, which has been Google translated, we would like to thank you for your continued support. We would like to express our sincere gratitude for your continued support. We have endeavored to absorb costs by improving produ production efficiency and reducing costs in response to the continuous decrease in demand for photographic film, photographic paper, and printed products. However, due to the soaring prices of materials and raw materials in, in Corona and the rise in transportation costs, it has become difficult to absorb them only by corporate efforts. I would like to say we sincerely apologize for the inconvenience, but thank you for your patience. We look forward to your continued patronage of Fujifilm products. So again, this isn't all that shocking because the cost of a lot of things are going up uh, due to limitations and logistics issues, supply and demand issues of materials and semiconductors and other items. So it's not, uh, not all that shocking to see this happening. Lawa 20mm f4.0 C Dreamer shift for Fujifilm GFX coming March 28th. On March 28th, Venus Optics will announce the Lawa 20mm f4, uh, f4 for various mounts, including Fujifilm GFX. The first specs leaked by Sony Alpha Rumors are the Lawa FFS 20mm f4.0 C Dreamer shift lens, 82mm circular filter, hood can rotate 360 degrees to reduce the appearance of flare ghosts. Lawa is already offering the following lenses for the GFX system, the Lawa 20mm f4C Dreamer coming March 28th, the Lawa 17mm f4.0D, and the Lawa 15mm f4.5.0D shift. And they could all be ordered at either Venus Optics, B&H Photo, Amazon US, or Adorama. And uh, as you know from previous episodes, I did have the 17 millimeter for the GFX mount for a while uh, before I sold it and got the 23 millimeter from Fuji. And it is a darn good lens. It's not perfect, of course. It did have some flaring issues, especially in harsh sunlight. Uh, but it was a very good, well-constructed lens. I just wish they would have weather sealed it. That would have made it even better. Best solutions for processing Fujifilm RAW files in 2022. DxO Lab for Fuji shooters, Apollo 1 photo viewer, and more. A few exciting things happened on the X-Trans D-Mosaic front late, uh, recently. The arguably most exciting event was DxO finally supporting Fujifilm X-Trans files of DxO Photo Lab 5. And from all I could see so far, the results are absolutely fantastic. So much so that even though I am a hardcore Capture One user and lover, I think DxO Photo Lab 5 will be the one software I will check out in depth in 2022, as it seems to perform better than anything else. 
Thomas Fitzgerald, my go-to source for all things X-Trans file editing, says the DXO is the best X-Trans converter for pure image quality in combination with DXO's deep prime noise reduction technology. A downside, in order to use Fujifilm's film simulations, you have to purchase also the DxO film pack as an extra. If you're using DxO PhotoLab 5 already, feel free to let me and all of us know in the comments what you think about it. Are you happy with it? Speaking of DxO, recently they also added X-Trans support to DxO Pure Raw 2. And since we talk editing, I thought to make a mini roundup of some of the editing-related articles, including the ones of Thomas mentioned above in this article. And you can check out all those links for yourself in this article in the show notes for today's episode. Aster Hori Rockstar Fujifilm X-Mount 10mm, 14mm, 27mm, and 50mm and tilt lenses. Aster Hori Rockstar lenses for Fujifilm X-Mount are now available at Amazon US. Here are all the options. The 10mm f8.2 ultra-wide-angle fisheye. The 14mm f4.5 ultra-wide-angle with no distortion. The 27mm f2.8 Mark II. The 50mm f1.4 tilt lens. And the 50mm f2.0. So quite a few lenses in the Rockstar lineup or the Fujifilm X-Mount. Fujifilm photo-related products notice a partial price revision. We recently reported about the upcoming price increase on Fujifilm film stock. Now Fujifilm has made it official and published a press release you can read down below. Down below are the currently available film stock and the press release. And I'm not going to read it all again because I just covered it in a previous article. Uh, but it is saying that on April 1, 2022, photo film products will increase by 20 to 60 percent. May 1st of 2022, color photo photographic paper by 10 to 20 percent. Processing chemicals for color photography about 10 percent. And on June 1st, Pro Lab products, printed products and services by 8 to 94%. Wow. What a jump. And last up from Fuji Rumors for this week, DP Review TV, five best handling digital cameras of all time. Outside of technical stuff like image quality and auto autofocus, here are some cameras that just make you happy when you hold them. To celebrate great ergonomics, Chris Nichols runs down his top five handling digital cameras of all time. And I did watch the video. It was an interesting video. His number one choice is the Canon EOS R5. Number two is the Nikon D750. Three is the Fujifilm X100V. Uh, four is the Leica Q2. And five is the Pentax K1. Of course, these kinds of rankings are extremely subjective. Let us know in the comments what your favorite Fujifilm camera is in terms of ergonomics. And that wraps up Fujifilm uh, Fuji Rumors for this week. Now we'll head on over to Sony Alpha Rumors to close this one out. B&H Photo launched the Depth of Field Special, save big on a ton of photo accessories. You can save money on a ton of useful accessories sold by B&H Photo. You can click here and scroll forever. There are also two deals running today only. You can save 450 on the Zeiss Battis sold by B&H Photo and save 220 on the Samyang 24mm FE lens sold by Adorama. Now, this article is from March 23rd, so those deals may be gone, but check. I didn't check for myself before I recorded this. 
but they do sometimes extend the deals for an extra couple days, especially over the weekends. USA pre-orders for the new Sony 16-35 F4PZ-FE lens are now open. You can pre-order this lens at B&H Photo for $1,198 in the U.S. at B&H Photo, Adorama, Amazon, and Focus Camera. EU pre-orders were already open at uh, for the Sony lens at Calumet DE, Photocotch DE, Earnhardt DE, Wex UK, and Calumet NL. And you can check out the three various uh, YouTube videos on this lens, which you can find in this article in the show notes. You can now pre-order the new 16-35 FEPZ lens at European Amazon stores at Amazon Germany, UK, Italy, France, Spain, and Netherlands. And it's the same lens I was just talking about a moment ago, but there are three new YouTube videos in this article that you can check out for yourself. New Samyang 35mm F1.4 Mark II officially announced. For $799, you can pre-order this new lens at B&H Photo. The second generation, Samyang Optics, is renewing its autofocus lens lineup to celebrate its 50th anniversary. Following the first renewal product, the AF 50mm f1.4 FE Mark II, this time the AF 35mm f1.4 FE II, renewal product is now announced. The AF35 is the second edition of the AF35 1.4 FE, and it is one of the lenses that has been loved by many people since Samyang released its first autofocus lens in 2016. Lens standards are constantly changing, and Samyang is launching this AF35 1.4 Mark II lens as the most universal lens of all time. Some may consider that the market is filled with similar focal lengths already. However, Samyang has taken additional steps to innovate. Number one, excellent image performance, even at a maximum 1.4 aperture with beautiful bokeh. Two, fast, precise, and quiet AF performance. Three, professional control and upgraded reliability. And they do have a couple of official YouTube videos on this new lens that you can check out for yourself in the show notes. Does look like an exciting new lens from Samyang. Sony Japan announced it will increase the price of some cameras on April 1. Sony Japan issued the following press text. This is Google translated. Quote, from April 1, 2022, Sony Marketing Inc. will revise the manufacturer shipping price of some products sold in Japan. We will revise the shipping price as follows in light of the fact that raw material costs, manufacturing and distribution costs, etc. are soaring due to the influence of external environments such as the recent shortage of semiconductors. At the same time, four products for which the manufacturer suggested retail price has been set, the suggested retail price will now be revised. These are the cameras that Sony mentions, the A6400 body and various kits, the A7C, the ZB-E10 body kit, the DSC-RX10 M4, the DSC RX100 M3, the DSC RX M uh, RX0 M2, the DSC HX99, the DSC WX500, and the DSC W830. It is yet unclear if sooner or later the price increase will affect other countries as well, but don't be surprised if it happens. <laughs> Sony FEPZ 16-35 test by LensTip, DP Review, and Amateur Photographer. 
Uh, these, this lens can be pre-ordered in the U.S. at B&H Photo, Adorama, Amazon, a focus camera, in the EU at Calumet DE, Photocotch DE, Wex UK, Calumet NL, Earnhardt DE, Amazon Germany, UK, Italy, France, Spain, and Netherlands. Today, we have three new reviews of the Sony 16-35 PZ lens. Amateur photographer writes, quote, it could be tempting to characterize the Sony FEPZ 16-35 F4G as a, being a lens for videographers, simply due to its power zoom design. But this would be to do it in an injustice. Sony has overcome the usual iterations of clunky, imprecise zoom controls and delivered a lens that works just as well for shooting still images. I've been really impressed by its implementation of power zoom and can imagine many more lenses being made this way in the future. At $1,300 uh, euros, the FEPZ 16-35 F4G is, however, the most expensive of the compact FE mount wide-angle zooms currently available. Compared to its Zeiss badge predecessor that sells for $1,149, it's Usefully lighter and boasts much improved operability, but doesn't bring significantly better image quality. Meanwhile, Tamron 17-28 f2.8 DI3 RxD benefits from a faster maximum aperture at the cost of a narrower zoom range and sports excellent optics as well. At 849, it represents a fantastic value for the money. As a result, the FEPZ 16-35 is still likely to find most favor with those who can exploit its power zoom during video recording, at least at its launch price. But with its compact size, consistent image quality, dust and splash-proof design, and excellent operability, it is also an enticing option for Sony full-frame photographers looking to travel light. Lens tip writes, quote, a small shapely device that is sharp and properly sealed, doesn't weigh a lot, comes equipped with an ordinary filter thread and an efficient autofocus system. It would be hard to demand more. If you add to that features that might make money film uh, many filmmakers happy in the form of a power zoom and an ability to declick the aperture ring, a group of potential happy users might get even larger. DP Review writes, quote, the PZ 16-35 is a usefully small, light, and optically impressive zoom. With a list price of $1,200, it costs around the same level as Canon's EF and Nikon's F-mount equivalents were priced back in 2014 and 2010, respectively, and below the launch price of Panasonic's L-mount version or Sony's own 16-35 F4ZA. The optical performance and lightweight convenience give it some uh, appeal to photographers, whether as a wide-angle zoom on full frame or a 24-52 f6 equivalent on APS-C. But the more you look at the lens, how it's designed, and the features it offers, the more it appeals as a do-everything lens for videography. Or at least for those of us who aren't looking at $5,500 cinema zoom lenses. <laughs> ah, wow. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. Sony 16-35 FE will start shipping out on June 24th, according to Amazon US and B&H Photo. Some not-so-good news, the USA stores just updated the shipment date info. The new Sony 16-35 FE PZ lens will only start to ship out in late June at B&H Photo, Adorama, Amazon, and Focus Camera. In Europe, the lens will start shipping out in mid-May at Calumet DE, Photocotch DE, Earnhardt DE, Wex UK, and Calumet NL.
for $1,198 for that new lens. This cool Astrohori 50mm f1.4 FE tilt lens is now in stock at Amazon US. You can buy this lens and uh, Amazon US and soon at Amazon DE, UK, FR, Italy, and Spain as well. And there is an accompanying YouTube video. There's also a still shot of this lens mounted on a Sony, uh, looks like an A7R. It is a cool looking lens, a unique design for a tilt lens, but uh, I have a feeling it's probably going to be pretty popular with a lot of Sony photographers. Sony A7 IV DxO Mark sensor result, quote, an incredibly well-rounded hybrid and a highly attractive option for all sorts of genres. The Sony A7 IV sensor score has been published by DxO Marks. The key messages with its new 33 megapixel sensor, it achieves a DxO Mark sensor score of 97 and tops its predecessor by one point. It still shines for landscape use case with its 14.7 EVs maximum dynamic range. For the rest, sensor performance remains quite close to the A7 III. One of the main differences being that the A7 IV activates its second readout mode starting at ISO 400, providing a, providing a dynamic range boost while the A7 III activated it at ISO 800. Uh, conclusion, quote, at 24 megapixel BSI CMOS full frame sensor equips the outgoing Sony A7 III and the majority of Sony's rivals at this level. The new 33 megapixel BSI type CMOS and the Sony A7 IV will also probably appear in forthcoming competitors' models, so the results are doubly interesting. While the new sensor doesn't perform a lot differently from the outgoing device, there has been a useful increase in the overall pixel count of 37.5%. Uh, let's see, this may appear somewhat incremental, but when combined with the various improvements in stills and video features, the new Sony a7 IV is an incredibly well-rounded hybrid and a highly attractive option for all sorts of genres of photography and videography. New Sony 16-35 F40 PZ FE lens video. Uh, this lens can be pre-ordered at BH Photo, Adorama, Amazon, Calumet DE, Photo Cam uh, Focus Camera, Photo Koch DE, Wex UK, Calumet NL. And the big YouTube video roundup, we have a video from Kai um, and two others here. I think the second one, uh, Sydney, uh, Daigozen, and Geek Culture. And then there's also one from Adorama. There's one here from Wex Photo Video, B&H Photo, uh, the Sony Alpha Channel, as well as a couple of others. So definitely quite a few video reviews to check out on this new lens for yourself. And last from Sony Alpha Rumors for this week, the Curved announced it's this teeny cleaning tool for every lens and screen. This is the smallest and maybe most handy cleaner I ever saw. You can back the project on Kickstarter. Uh, and there's a video demonstrating how it works on their YouTube channel. Now, just keep in mind, Kickstarter is not an online store. You are pledging your hard-earned cash on something that you hope will eventually come to market. Most of the time, they do work out, but every once in a while, people do lose money on these projects on Kickstarter and Indiegogo. 
just so you've been warned. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you're in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that's going to wrap up episode 236 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. Also wanted to remind you to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, like them, comment on them, share them out on social media. Hit the little bell icon so you can be notified when new content drops. And I will see you all again on Thursday.